0: Well, again just want to uh, greet everyone and say good morning for those of you guys that are joining us in person at the church so excited that we can have people attending there now for those of you guys on zoom welcome and for those of you watching on youtube live as well um interestingly enough i think matt had mentioned he was praying i caught the tail end of his prayer because somehow i got logged off of zoom and so yes you know i'm so thankful for his prayer that technology is so incredible that we can do this but we do have a new computer at the church, and so if things maybe sound a little different, look a little bit different, that's why we're still trying to kind of get uh, some of the adjustments back to the way they were a few weeks ago. So we just pray for your grace. And I pray that, you know, as you are listening today to the sermon, that you have the right heart condition. What is your heart full of, What are, what is your heart focused on? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Let me open us up in some prayer first, Lord Jesus. We We love you, Lord. We thank you so much. We thank you that Holy Spirit, you dwell within our hearts and that if we submit to you, we can have the right condition, that which controls the way we act, the way we think, the way we process things. So thank you, Lord, for creating us with hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling our hearts. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would speak to me and and through me, Holy Spirit, we pray this in your name. Amen. So as I mentioned this week, we're gonna be talking about heart condition. And last week I talked about not forsaking small beginnings and our heart condition has so much to do with that. What are we focused on? Who is is taking up our hearts? Who's filling that space with his love? Hopefully the answer is Jesus. And so we're gonna be talking about that today but to better understand that, we also have to take a look at what exactly is the Bible talking about when the Bible talks about the heart? I think most people understand the physical heart, that is such uh, that it is such an in, in, in important uh, organ in our bodies that pumps oxygenated blood throughout the body. But what is it about the spiritual heart? What does the Bible talk about? What is God saying? Well, If you look at the context in the time when the Bible was written, when people made reference to the heart, they were really talking about the center of our being, where our intentions and our morals, where they derive, where they come from. In many ways, people thought of the spiritual heart similar to the way that they think of our minds today where decisions are made, where actions derive, it comes from the spiritual heart. And you'll see that the heart is mentioned throughout the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but there's one passage that has really strong warnings and reminders about the heart. And we find this in Jeremiah 17, verses five through 10, coming from the NIV, it says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in a salt land where there is no lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream, does not fear when he comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. So the heart, the spiritual heart is so important to God. So let's start out today by taking a look at Why that is, why is the heart so important to God? Well, one, it's where our motives and the things that drive us, it's where they derive. They derive from our spiritual heart. Matthew 15, verses 15 through 20, continuing in the NIV, it says, Peter said, explain the parable to us. This is Jesus' response. Are you still so dull? Jesus asked them. So our motives, the way we think, they come from our heart. Sin, it begins in people's hearts. That's one of the reasons why the heart is so important to God. The heart is also where the Holy Spirit dwells. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 21 through 22. I'm shifting now to the NASB. Now he who established us with you in Christ and anointed us is God who also sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. So the Holy Spirit dwell within us. He dwells within our hearts. And another reason why heart condition, why the heart is so important to God, is that genuine faith is not only a head or mind issue, it is also a heart issue. Romans 10 verses 8 through 9 but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are preaching, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's why we talk about true faith. It is an action of our minds and our thoughts, but also our hearts as well. There's two parts to genuine faith, genuine belief in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So those are some reasons why the heart and our heart condition is so important to God. And there's another aspect to this that is so important to him, and that is that he wants all of your heart. God wants the entirety of your spiritual heart. He wants you to love him with all of your heart. Matthew 22, verses 36 uh, through 38. It says this, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. Again, we need to love God with all our hearts. God also wants you to serve him with all your heart. Deuteronomy 10, verses 12 and 13. Now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God to walk in all his ways and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the Lord's commandments and the statutes which I am commanding you today for your good. So, when we're serving or the way that we serve God, it needs to be with all of our hearts. That is what he desires, it's what he wants. God also wants you to trust him with all your heart Proverbs 3 verses five and six Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight So he wants us to trust him but we need to trust him with All our hearts, not just part of our hearts. And the final thing here is that God wants you to seek Him with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, verses 12 through 13. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I hope this message is coming across that God wants all of you. He wants all of your heart. He doesn't want just part of it. He doesn't want half of it. He doesn't want a quarter of it. He wants it all. Now, what exactly does that mean? What does it look like to do something with all of your heart? The Hebrew word for all, it means being complete in extent, whole, entire, complete. It's everything about you. So God wants you to love, to trust, to obey, and seek him with every part of your existence. I don't think as Christians we realize that. God wants us all. He doesn't want part of us. He wants the entirety of who we are. God wants to fill your entire heart. Now, some people may be wondering, what about loving people? Don't we need to have them in our hearts too? Don't we need to leave room for them? Well, we have to remember that our ability to agape love, hopefully you guys remember my sermon on love, Agape, that word means it's sacrificial love. So our ability to sacrificially love others, it comes from God. Because that sacrificial love, that model, it comes from Jesus. That's how he loved us. That's why he died for us. But that ability to do that comes from God. So when we let God fill our hearts entirely, then we are able to love others. Sacrificially, So we need God and his love in our hearts before we're able to sacrificially or agape love others. We see this reference in 1 John 4, verses 7 through 9, continuing in the NASB. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. I thought of this illustration and it's, you know, there's times when you hear people talking about doing things half heartedly you know. Maybe you've received a gift from someone at Christmas or on your your birthday, and you thought, wow, this is kind of an interesting gift. Did they put any thought into this? Did did they really think of me when they bought this? You might have thought of yourself or thought to yourself, wow, they kind of were half-hearted in getting this gift for me. They really didn't put much effort or thought into it at all. Or maybe you've asked someone this this kind of this idea came up that maybe you've asked someone to clean your car for them. You know, and you're like, hey, do you mind? Could you clean my car? You know, could you do me this favor? Could you bless me in this way? And you get your car back and there's all kinds of streaks. There's a lot of dirty marks still on there. You might think to yourself, wow, they cleaned my car kind of half-heartedly. They didn't do it with max effort. They didn't seem to really care. They just kind of quickly did it and that was it. Well, that same thing is true of the things of god that if we're not careful we can do things for god we can love god half-heartedly which means we're not putting all of our being into it and that's what god does not want he does not want half-hearted christians he doesn't want us to half-heartedly believe in him he wants our entire being he wants our whole hearts to be filled with him. So this begs the question, what is filling your heart? Are you leaving room for God? I thought of uh, the emoji. Sometimes people send emojis and their little heart emojis or at Valentine's Day, maybe you give Valentine's to other people and you, you got this little heart shape. People even make like the little heart shape with their hands. This is probably a terrible example, but they do this. And we know that the human heart doesn't exactly look like this, but I think it's kind of a good illustration. So you have this heart shape and God, he wants to fill that entire heart shape. He doesn't want anything else in there. He wants it to be him and him only. But I think if we're being honest and we took a look at our hearts, maybe it's not entirely filled with God. Maybe there's other things that are filling our hearts. Maybe it's our career. Maybe we love our career more than we love God. Are there times, maybe it's a regular thing where your work becomes a priority over things of God. Maybe work becomes a priority over reading the Bible or praying, attending church, going to Bible studies. Maybe work things seem to get in the way and seem to be priority. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe relationships are keeping you from being in God's word or or praying maybe it's your goals. Maybe it's things that you want to accomplish. And those things are taking more room than God. And as I mentioned, God wants to fill the entirety of your heart. And when you let other things fill your heart other than God, it makes it more difficult to hear him. It makes it more dif- difficult to love him the way he wants to be loved and worshipped. Because other things are filling your heart, and you're leaving less and less room for him. So how exactly do we make sure that that God has all of our hearts? Because we know that is what he desires. It's what he wants. Well, the first thing is remember and understand that Christianity, it isn't just belief in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's developing a relationship with him. How awesome is it that the God of the universe, the God that we believe in, he's he's not this statue that we worship. He's our everything. Jesus was here as a human being. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. That is our God. That's who we worship. That is who we believe in, and we can have a relationship with him. So understanding that, invest and view your faith, that relationship with God, in a similar way that you do the most important relationships in your life. And make God the number one priority in your life. Because your relationship with God, it is the most important relationship you will ever have. And I know that's hard, that is challenging for people because people may think, well, my family or my friends are the most important relationship in my life. But the reality is your family and your friends, they cannot do for you what God can. They will never love you entirely the way God does. And that is a hard thing to understand, I get it. But when you realize that and you could say, I love my family, I love my friends, but I love God more. It is only going to enhance those other relationships because God will be in your heart and God will help you with your heart condition. I mentioned that God needs to be the priority, that relationship that it's even more important than your family relationships. This is addressed in the Bible. Matthew 10, verse 37, it says, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now, now God isn't saying that family isn't important. What God is saying is that when you prioritize your family and those relationships more than you do the relationship with me, you're opening yourself up to sin. An example of this is, you know, you've probably met people as I have who their son or daughter does something very sinful. But because of that relationships, parents start to justify what their kids have done. It's like their morals and ethics, they change because it's their kids that have done this sinful behavior. And see, that's the problem. It's because people are prioritizing those relationships over God. You can love your family, just love God more, love him first. Again, it will help enhance those relationships. It will help you to communicate better. It will help you to forgive on a heart level. So that relationship with God is the most important relationship you'll have. That relationship, it's even more important than chasing after those worldly goals and aspirations. 1 John 2, verses 15 through 16. Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life, it is not from the Father, but is from the world. I mentioned earlier that sometimes people, they prioritize the relationships with their goals and things that they think they need to accomplish more than they do God. Scripture tells us that is not a, that is not a, Godly way to think. That is a worldly way to think. And the final thing here is that the relationship with God, it's more important than money and financial security. You see this addressed in Matthew 6, verse 24, shifting back to the NIV. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Bible talks a lot about why it is so hard for wealthy people, the ultra-rich, to enter the gates of heaven. It's because they're torn. In many ways, for many people, money has become Their God, that heart shape I mentioned earlier, more of it contains money or the focus is money more than it is God. That's an impediment to people's faith or it can be an impediment to people's faith. So we need to learn to surrender. You guys have heard the saying, let go and let God. It's kind of similar, you know, viewing this to relationships, when you hear people say, hey, you know what? You gotta pick your battles. You know, you can't fight or argue over everything. So, so pick your pick your battles. Sometimes it's not worth arguing over. And the same thing's true of God. Quit arguing with God. Let God win. When it comes to you and God in your relationship with Him, surrender everything. God, again, He wants your whole heart. He doesn't want just part of it. Another way that we do this to make sure that God has our whole heart is diligently pray, talk to God, and ask God to help you change your heart condition or to just help change your heart condition because ultimately only God can change the condition of our hearts. You know, I can't tell you how often I've talked to people, they are struggling with something and they're like, hey, I realized I need to make a change in my life, that I need to grow closer to God. For example, someone struggling with some addiction. But then I ask them, you know, do you pray regularly that God will help you overcome this addiction or that God will help you in this situation? And they say, no. And so I'm like, okay, well, you should start praying on the regular, asking God to help you overcome this situation, this addiction, this relational problem, whatever it happens to be, the sin pattern, ask God to help you with it. And the answer I get often is something like, well, I'll have to think about it or we'll see. Again, the reality is we can't change our heart conditions. Only God can. So we need to ask him for help. Because if you're not willing to ask for help, if you have to think about it, or if it's a situation where you're telling yourself, we'll see if I'll pray to God for help, Maybe it's you're prioritizing that sin in your heart. Maybe you're prioritizing the other things you've allowed to fill your heart more than God. So we need to seriously think about, seriously ask God to change our hearts on a regular basis. Because it's not a one time thing. Unfortunately, our hearts are. Hearts get hard because of different situations, and they get hardened to God. So we need to ask Him to change our hearts, to soften our hearts on a regular basis. Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. And the NIV says this, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. It's pretty awesome that scripture tells us right there that part of the reason people sin as much as they do, part of the reason people are disobedient to God, that people struggle with what the Bible says, is because they got a hard heart. So we need to ask God, give us new hearts. Holy Spirit, dwell in our hearts to help us to be more obedient. Psalm 51, verse 10, create in me a pure heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I think we all want that steadfast spirit. We all want to be thriving Christians who desire God each and every day more and more. Well, we got to pray and ask God to create in us a pure heart. Because God is the one, the only one who can change our hearts. And consistently work on your relationship with God, just like the most important relationships in your life. And make sure that God has your whole heart. Proverbs 4, verse 23 above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. i love that explanation everything the good and the bad it comes from your heart so guard it be sure you're not letting things in that shouldn't be there You know, you can't take days off from your closest relationships and expect that they will remain healthy and strong. The same is true of your relationship with God. Therefore, it's even more important that you understand that you can't take days off from your relationship with God and expect that that relationship with him will remain healthy. It's no different than the relationship with your best friend, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, you don't go very long. Really, um, if you want a healthy relationship, you 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 don't not talk at all. You know, you're always talking. You're always communicating. Well, it's the same thing with God. You can't avoid him. You have a relationship with him. And again, regularly pray that you continue to give your heart, all of it, to God. And we have to pray for that because Because of our sin nature, we don't want to do that. So we have to pray and say, God, Holy Spirit in me, help me, help me to give all of my heart to you, God, on a regular basis. And those moments when I'm not, Holy Spirit, help me bring to my mind when I don't realize that there are other things that are occupying my heart. I want to end with this, kind of some questions to ask yourself this week, maybe today, you, you ask yourself, and you start praying about this. Ask yourself and truly be honest with yourself because only God and you will know. But ask yourself, are you giving your entire heart to God? And if you're not, If as you're praying, as you're processing and thinking about this, you realize, no, there are some other things. My career, maybe different sinful temptations, those things are occupying my heart. Ask God to continue revealing what those things are. Maybe ask him, why are they? You know, why are these things taking priority over God? And then this is the hard one. Pray and ask God, talk to him to change your heart and to help you develop the desire to give him all of your heart. I mentioned earlier that it breaks my heart when I I talk to people that they get it. They know they need to make a change. They even want to make a change. But that burden of sin, maybe it's they've gotten so caught up in it that it's just all they know, or or maybe it's just they love that sin so much that they're not willing to ask God for the help to break free of it. So I'm asking you guys today that if there are things that will help you draw closer to God, if there are things that will soften your heart to God and allow him to occupy 100% of your heart, But I'm asking you guys to pray about it. Ask God to help you with that. Because if God is the only one who can change a heart, the only way to have that happen is asking God to do it. But there has to be a willingness on our end to do that. Lord Jesus, help us get to that place where we love you with all of our hearts or we are trusting you and we are being obedient with all of who we are. Lord Jesus, clearly your word tells us that you want all of us, Lord Jesus. You want the entirety of who you are, Lord Jesus, to be within us, that we would put our maximum effort into our relationship with you, that it would be the priority. Lord, help us to understand that when we do that, we can truly love others. We can truly serve the way you want us to serve. We can be the people that you want us to be. But Lord, for many of us, we can't even get there because we can't even get to that place where we can ask for the prayer for help. So Lord Jesus, if there are those Lord, if I am struggling with this, Lord, if you are not in my entire heart, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that one, you would convict me of that. And then two, Holy Spirit, that you would start to renew my mind and my heart to help me be fixated on God, on you, Holy Spirit. Help me to make you the priority. Help us all to make you the priority so we can be the men and women of God you have created us to be. Lord, if there are those that are struggling with with different sins, with different anxiety issues, whatever it is, whatever is going on in the world that is occupying people's hearts, Lord, I pray that you would manifest in such an incredible way that you would start to shove those things out of people's hearts so only you remain. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you are in our lives. We pray this in your name.